Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to our chief special. Jay Beakley, Nolan Brooks producing the operation. Man, we have a lot of store today breaking down this AFC title game with the Bengals. And quite frankly... I'm glad I'm doing a show on Saturday morning talking about AFC title game in Kansas City. <laughs> Came very close to not having one, but we have it. But joining us now, the host of Fesco in the Morning, Bob Fesco. Good morning, Fesco. Good morning, Finkley. How are you? It's a tradition talking to you like none other because we just tell no, There's nothing better than this conversation each week. I wish we could do it every single Saturday. Oh. That means good things are happening, right? It is. Yeah, it just means the good things are happening, and hopefully we're doing it again next week and the week after. But, man, I'm telling you, Bob, I didn't know what to do. I don't know like what your emotions were like watching the end of that game, but I'm sure things are going through your head like, well, is our Monday show going to be a wrap-up? What went wrong? Where are we going to put this chief season? You know, how are we going to quantify if it was good or bad, not making the title game, and then all of a sudden they win? I felt the same way doing the post game show, saying, all right, is this going to be good or is this going to be hellbound and hell bound whiskey? You know what I mean? I, I didn't know what kind of inning we were going to have. Well, I did. I, I sat here exactly where I'm sitting right now with 13 seconds left and looked at my wife who was crying and, you know, acting the fool. And I said, there's 13 seconds and three timeouts and Patrick Mahomes. This no problem. And sure enough, Right down the field, two plays, kick the field goal, and, and here we go. I mean, I, I've seen this guy before, and if people want to continue to count Patrick Mahomes out or whatever they're doing and picking Joe Burrow as the better quarterback because of some <laughs> WWE thing you guys were talking about earlier, like, you're just idiots. And, and Patrick Mahomes will always give you an opportunity to win if he has time on the clock and you're only down one score, one possession, whatever that means. doesn't matter where he is on the field. doesn't matter the time. He's going to get it done. We've seen this over and over and over again. And 13 seconds and three timeouts, you might as well have given him a whole quarter to move the ball down the field. Bob, you're talking about uh, it was Anna Brank on NFL Network, and you know it's what people are talking about with Chiefs fans. And you well, know, they, pick of the Joe Burrow over Mahomes. Well, they have a picture, and they're they're picking the teams like who's got a better quarterback, who's got the better coaching, the game plan, and you put arrows, and he goes. This is an easy one. Joe Burrow. And I was thinking, I was like, like, Bob, you, you've been in this business forever, man. You know what people are thinking and what they're saying. Like, I don't believe at all, like, some of the stuff we hear that people actually believe that. Because one guy's never done it. One guy's in his fourth straight AFC title game who's not played bad in the postseason. He's been freaking brilliant. And to give the quarterback nod to somebody who hadn't done anything yet. 
Couldn't yeah, believe I, it. I don't, under, I don't understand why people do that. I, I mean, I guess they're they're trying to be trolls and I guess. trying to get somebody new. And I, I think there's there's some of that as well. I think you know the Chiefs have been here now for so long, and the national media kind of gets tired of the same story over and over again. But I, I really don't care what the national media thinks. I enjoy being on top of the world and looking down at everybody else. And I think if you're picking Joe Burrow as the better quarterback in this game over Patrick Mahomes, well, you're stupid. I mean, and I hate to you know call people stupid, but you are. I mean, you're just dumb to pick Patrick uh, Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. That just doesn't make any sense. A guy who has two playoff games versus a guy who has engineered countless comebacks and unbelievable moments and memories for all of us here in Kansas City. He's the best quarterback in the National Football League. But the other thing that kind of drives me nuts as well are. Chiefs fans who, like, accept this stuff and get mad at this. Like, we're their fourth straight AFC championship game and have Patrick Mahomes. Who cares what somebody named Adam Rank says? And who cares, you know, who Kay Adams picks on Good Morning Football or anything like that? None of it matters. It's all just noise. We know we have the better team. We know we're going to be playing at home. We know it's going to be loud. And we all know that our defensive line is going to dominate the offensive line of Cincinnati, and Joe Burrow is going to get sacked after sack after sack and hit after hit after hit. And so for me, anybody that's you know picking Cincinnati is just doing it for show, or they have a producer that says you got to be different so we can get some kind of controversy going on. Yeah, I don't know why they do it, Bob. And it, uh, The Chiefs now, the way we looked at the Patriots as the villain, because I remember the Royals, and you know damn well, in 14 they were – Lovable. Everybody loved the Royals, the underdog story. And then in 2015, it started to change a little bit, where all of a sudden people didn't like the Royals. They thought they were cocky and all that. But the Chiefs have had a lot longer you know, run than what the Kansas City Royals had. But are the Chiefs turning into that? Because I don't remember seeing stuff like this with Brady. Like If there was a quarterback comparison, it was always arrow to him. You know what I'm saying? It feels like the Chiefs are being treated a little bit differently than even the hated Patriots. Well, I, I think, you know, there's a lot more quarterbacks now than when Tom Brady played. He had essentially had a fight through Peyton Manning and every once in a while Ben Roethlisberger. And there wasn't a Josh Allen. There wasn't a Joe Burrow. There wasn't, you know, an alleged good quarterback with the Chargers who clearly is, you know, not benefiting because his coach stinks. And so I think the, the, the crop of quarterbacks right now is better than when Tom Brady played. You know, back in the day, we kind of talked about it with Ben Maller of Fox Sports Radio. He brought it up. He goes, what the Chiefs are doing right now is more impressive than what Brady did because they feasted on the AFC East. I mean, we almost had three teams in the playoffs from the AFC West this year. And so Tom Brady made his living beating the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills, you know. Patrick Mahomes is making his money beating some really good quarterbacks and playing in a much better division than what Tom Brady had to play in. So I, I think they are the villain right now, and I think that's a good thing. But I think people so badly want somebody else to be up there, like somebody else to get theirs. But as far as I'm concerned, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback, all these other AFC teams are just going to have to just wait their turn and maybe just wait out of retirement by Patrick Mahomes. Because I just don't see this happening where he gives up the crown anytime soon. Like, I know it's the fourth straight AFC championship game, but but if I told you right now, you have to pick a year where they're not going back to the AFC championship game, what year are you taking? Because for me, I'll take infinity. <laughs> hey, Bob, what's it say? I asked Carrington earlier when I had him on, I'll ask you the same thing. Because you, you, you've been a fan of this game for a long time. Like through the, you know, through the 70s and Terry Bradshaw and you know what we saw with the, with the 49ers and Joe Montana and these – they were, quote, dynasties. 
And what's it say about the Chiefs doing this in an era where they have to split revenue? Everybody's on the same page. The Green Bays, the Kansas Cities, the Cincinnati's are teams playing in these games. It's not New York and teams like that. And I know the Patriots played kind of under these current rules now, but what's it say just about your organizational structure, your coaching, your front office, when you spend the exact same amount of money as everybody else, yet they sit home and you play? It says we're better than you, and, and it really does start in the front office. I am uh, so tired of hearing about, you know, Brett Veach missing on Breland Speaks or whatever. You know, oh, like yeah. people want to continue to throw that out there. Brett, Brett Veach has been nothing short of a genius when it comes to uh, putting this team together. I mean, he does a great job with the guys you never heard of before on the roster, you know, like the, the, the low men on the totem pole, the sixth-round draft picks, the 53rd man on the roster – Drafting, you know, Nick Bolton this year and, and Creed Humphrey in the second round and getting Trey Smith in the sixth round. Like, there are so many areas of this roster that, you know, people don't want to talk about that Brett Beach, you know, or another general manager, I should say, is not going to have the same type of success that Brett Beach has been able to have trading a backup lineman for Tavarius Ward. I mean, like, you, you just continue to look at the moves that this guy makes. But there are haters out there for whatever reason, and they all want to say, well, look at Breland's speech. They failed on that one. Who the hell cares? Because for every Breland speech failure that there was, and nobody's perfect in the draft, there's 10 others that I can point to and say, yeah, but you got this guy, 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 and all these guys, right? And so I just think they've got great organizational structure, and I think Brett Beach is really good at what he does. You know, you know despite the haters, you know, Andy Reid gets a ton of credit for what he's doing, so does Petra Mahomes, but... Like, I don't hear Brett Veach's name, Bob. I, you know, I've seen these lists for best general manager of the year, and I'm sitting here going, how can he not be in the discussion? He made the best trade deadline deal in Melvin Ingram. He yep. flipped an offensive line like like they fixed the upper show with what Chip Gaines, where he goes in and takes a house, flips it, and sells it for a bunch of money. That's what he did for this line. And the fact that you, you made these deals, you drafted the second round in a year where you didn't have a combine. You were throwing a dart against the wall with, with Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey being as good as they are, and then getting the freaking steal of the draft and Trey Smith, three contributors that were drafted this year in a draft that did not have a combine, Bob, which I don't know what it says about the combine. I don't, because that's where they're poked and prodded. They wear their underwear. They run the 40. They run the shuttle. It didn't matter worth the crap this year because they drafted them anyway. I don't know what it says about that, but like to me, his name needs to be at the top because – he, I don't think I've ever seen a better year from a GM uh, in Kansas City than what he did this year. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, go back to 15 with Zobrist and Cueto getting acquired by the Royals and how big moves those were, you know, for the franchise. And, and, and those ultimately, you know, got Kansas City to a World Series championship. And, and you're, you're right, because I think a lot of people just perceive that it's Andy Reid. And, and I think and that's fine with Brett, I would imagine. As long as Andy Reid's here, as long as he's the head football coach, sure. he's going to get all the credit. And, and that's just kind of the way it goes. And I'm sure Brett Veach will tell you, hey, man, I've got rings. As long as that check cash is on the 15th and 30th, I'm all okay. <laughs> Nobody giving me any of that credit because he's got himself a dream job here. And he's not going to have to be one of these guys that's out looking for a new gig in a couple of years because it's not working. You know what? It's one of those things. But I want you to hear this this 20 seconds here, Bob, because this was Patrick Mahomes bringing up Brett Veach and how he – we always had this argument. You know, who brought in Mahomes? It was a Dorsey. He was a GM. Veach, we, I've had Lee Steinberg on a couple of times. He said that Veach was blowing up his phone the whole time. But we know deep down Andy Reid had that 
you know, stamp whoever it was. But this is what he said, Mahomes, this week about Brett Veach and his recruitment. Yeah, no, it, he for sure was. I mean, uh, that's the type of guy that uh, Veach is. I mean, he's someone who uh, he, he wants to go out there and get the best players possible he can get in this building. Uh, he trusts he trusts the players in this building to go out there and and play to the best their best performance every single day. Um, and he wants to win just as much as anybody. And uh, I think that's how he how he goes about scouting and finding players. And he's done a great job of getting a lot of great players here. It was he, Veach was the one doing the scouting, man. I mean, they can say what they want about Dorsey doing it. It was obviously Andy Reid had him stamp it, but you know that, that's he deserves a ton of credit for that pick as well. I, I always thought Brad Beach deserved a lot of credit for Patrick Mahomes, and I always thought he should be getting the credit for Patrick Mahomes. Now, people will say, well, John Dorsey was the general manager, and, and look, that, that is true. True. But I don't know how much John Dorsey was involved in the, in the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, because as, as that you know, cut said and what you said about Lee Steinberg, everybody's talking about like how important Brett Veach was and what his role was in going out there and getting Patrick Mahomes. So I think when you have so many people, Jay, talking about how important and vital, you know, Brett Veach was in all of this, you you, got to give the guy a lot of credit. And so I I think the time has come for people to recognize that Brett Veach is pretty darn good at what he does. And anybody who doesn't believe it is, is just looking to be a hit. Yeah. Can you hear me, Bob? Yeah, I got you. Uh, I lost you there for a second. I lost you for a second. Hey, Bob, enjoy your afternoon with the family. Uh, we had some football to watch tomorrow. Always enjoy uh, talking to you on this stuff, Bob. But uh, anyway, we'll talk at you later. Okay, my friend? All right, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Bob. Bob Fesco right there from Fesco in the morning. I, I'm still stuck on this Veach thing, man, because I heard all the criticism before, but I sit here look back at it and say, this team is where they're at, obviously, because Andy Reid making adjustments and being me and Kafka and all that. Mahomes for just being the freaking quarterback he is. But somebody has to do the grocery shopping, Nolan. What Bill Parcells said, if I had to pick out the groceries, let me cook dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's got to go to the store and get the eggs. And that's what he did. We'll check in with Rob Brinton on his way to Lawrence. Get a little basketball game going on as KU Rob will join us. I have a few things to pick his brain about next on our Chiefs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey, welcome back to the Chiefs special. Jay Bakley with Nolan Brooks. Having a lot of fun talking to a lot of our guys and talking. Uh, I'm going to head out to Las Vegas here in a little bit, too. And Ron Cobb from AirheadPride.com will stop in as well. Got a ton to get to, but joining us now, you hear him in the afternoons producing Drive. Part of that, that Jim Nance interview yesterday that I've been playing that, that was so good. But he's on his way to Lawrence because there's a little game with Kansas and Kentucky today. And Rob... 
this question was asked to you by Nolan. Did you buy your tickets? Or you don't have basketball season tickets like you do football, do you? I actually have basketball and football season tickets. So technically, there you go. I did buy these, but I bought them as part of a ticket plan, so I technically bought all 20-some-odd home games. But yes, I did buy them. Also, you lucky duck, a man. Little, a little game thing? This is Kentucky. This it's a is huge a game. It is. It is. You're kind of a big deal, Rob. Um, <laughs> are you in that Williams Fund and all that? You put out that kind of cash? Uh, I I donate the minimum, so technically I'm part of the Williams Fund, but I don't get to do Williams Fund cool things like the actual rich people. Like, don't uh-huh. confuse me with David Booth. I don't I don't think KU Athletics sees my donation and sees his and thinks who's who. That's can right. you buy a urinal or something? Can it be like the Rob Brinton urinal? <laughs> I would. You know, at this point, the football stadium's in such disarray. I've gone to so many games. It's just made my seat the Rob Brent Memorial seat here at Memorial Stadium. I give you credit, man. You were dashing out to Lawrence Day, the second half of a football game earlier this year when it looked like they were going to have have a big win. So I love that about you, Rob, that you support your teams like that. And, hey, man, I know it's in the a KU football segment, but the recruiting that, that uh, is being done by Lance, getting these uh, guys that they lost – under other regimes to other schools, he's getting them back, which is pretty cool for you, Hawkers. I mean, Kai Thomas. Oh, Kai, man. Has the fan base fired up, but then you add in a couple more transfers, and, you know, he's actually recruiting locally, which is, you know, a thing that none of the previous coaches even tried to do. So, yes, we make fun of it because they're horrible, but it is quietly exciting times with Lance and Co. Did I ever play that cut for you, Rob, where that uh, former coach of Blue Valley North that went to two state titles, he's at Park Hill now, Andy Sims, and he was saying that, you know, like Jim Harbaugh and G- yeah, P.J. never even got in his office. No, they never even went in there. And he had all these kids, like 30 kids, go play college football. And it was including like Graham Mertz. You know what I mean? He had all these kids. And P.J. Fleck would come in, Jim Harbaugh and his khakis, and you name it, would come in there to visit him, but not Kansas, which is like right down the road. So anyway... It was uh, interesting. But anyway, back to Jim Nance's interview yesterday on the drive, Rob. I loved it. But how about that answer about his favorite game, man? I mean, he put that game right there. That's for all. Like, Nance could have just been, you know, I've done so many great games. I can't quantify them. You know, I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment. But damn, Nance liked that game. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's stunned me, but when he said that, I looked at Carrington and we were like, wow. I can't believe that game was 1-1 for him. And then he kind of talked and said, well, the 6 title game, the first Peyton-Brady game, and you think, this is in the same vein as Peyton versus Brady? I think, I don't think it's the greatest football game ever, but I think it's one of the top ten playoff games ever. I mean, if you exclude Super Bowl games, it's probably a top five ever, but Jim Nance has called more football than I've probably watched, only because he's been doing this since forever. And for him to have it at 1-1 just... It, it definitely moved my opinion a little bit because it, it was a special game, and Jim Nance knows how special it was. How about the fact that Mahomes has been out to the Pe- Pebble Beach house? Jim Nance is on a little <laughs> golf hole. How about that? I mean, I want to I get Nance on the show so often that I can get the hookup to go play in his little par three in the back because Nance dropped that so casually. Yeah, I've talked out with Patrick. He actually played golf in my course in the backyard, like – it's a normal thing. I can be inviting you over for a beer. He said it so casually. Like, it's just what you do. But I'm going to try to keep working to get Nance on the show because I want to be able to work my way <laughs> to play golf with Nance in his house. Rob, uh, a few things here. It's kind of funny, but, uh, like, the Chiefs have turned into that villain now because, like, you're watching NFL Network and 
I know I know Twitter's going crazy over Adam Rank. Does their fantasy on NFL Network. And how they had the quarterbacks there and they were picking like which team had a better quarterback, which gave better game plan coaching. And he went quarterback Burrow and he said, No doubt with this one. And I was just laughing because I just think we get to a place, Rob, where people just say things that they don't mean. Yeah, you know I'm a big NBA fan. I'm a big LeBron fan. And I think the Chiefs and Mahomes have entered the LeBron zone. They're so good that the national pundits can't just every day open up and say, well, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. The Chiefs are good. Can't imagine them losing. The Skip Baylesses of the world, the Kyle Brants of the world, the Marcellus Wileys of the world, they have they live on clicks. They live on cues. They pop on and they they say something that's not totally false. When they say things like Joe Burrow's a great young quarterback, correct. When they say he's better than Mahomes, wrong. But it gets the eyeballs, gets the clicks, and it gets people talking, which is their job. Well, I point about LeBron's zone is LeBron's been the best player in the NBA basically from the moment he entered it until like last season when Giannis took it over from them. But not every year did you hear these guys talk about, well, he's great, so what are you going to do? They constantly tried to knock him down a peg. Mahomes has become so good that he's entered that realm. The Chiefs have become so good they've entered that realm where they're too good, so we have to knock them down somehow. And Chiefs fans, I don't think, are used to being the bully on the block yet because LeBron fans just laugh and move on. Chiefs fans get very upset about these things. The fact the national media is attacking you is a sign that you're doing something right. You should sit back, light a stogie like Joe Burrow, and enjoy it because <laughs> you have the bully on the block. Do you think that the Do you think that the, the Chiefs have showed any Nick Saban talk like rat poison? Because that is so beautiful, man. You start telling a team how bad they are, and man, do they respond. That rat poison is a beautiful thing. I mean, athletes love to look to act like they've been slided in some possible way. So I have no doubt that the uber-competitive freaks that are NFL players are looking at that and they're using it as motivation-type red meat because those guys are a different level of competitive than me and you. It's, sometimes we laugh about it, but sometimes you don't really notice it. Patrick Mahomes is a sicko when it comes to competition, and this is just another way to motivate and fuel his fire. I took it personally. It's the old Michael Jordan there. All right, all right, Rob. Skitty, I want to get the prediction from you. All right, so let's look at the NFC first, all right, because it is interesting because if Chiefs win and the Rams win, the Chiefs are playing in a stadium back-to-back at the team's home stadium, which has never happened before ever, and the Chiefs might do it twice. Rams, though, have just – they need to call the Niners their daddy. They've beaten them six straight times. I think the Rams have a better team, but it's hard for me to vote against uh, Debo in the way that uh, – the way the Crapolo has been playing terrible but just keeps winning. It's a magical thing. That's kind of like my life. <laughs> First off, I do keep the idea of the Chiefs playing back-to-back road Super Bowls in the back of my head. But considering Week 18, the Niners fans basically took over SoFi Stadium, I think regardless of what happens in the NFC, the Chiefs will be the road crowd in the Super Bowl. Not the true road game, but the road crowd. The actual game itself, I agree with you. I think the Niners have absolutely dominated the Rams. And these are, you know, the Joe Montana, Steve Young Niners. There are some meh teams in there. There are some times where Jimmy was hurt. There are some times when it was, you know, C.J. Beathard had to go get them, and they still beat the Rams. I don't understand what it is about Kyle Shanahan that Sean McVay can't crack or unlock, 
he finally has a quarterback that can make it happen, but 0-2 this year. I think the Niners, if Trent Williams is able to go, I know there's some question about his health, but if he's able to go, you can basically eliminate Vaughn Miller as a pass rush option, and Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius. I think he can eliminate Aaron Donald just by scheme. So I'm going to take the Niners in the NFC game. Niners in the NFC game. Let's hope Debo Samuel gets five touchdowns so I can win the uh, win our little pool and go to Waffle House with that uh, enormous amount of cash we're doing. Um, just, just beat Barber. That's all I'm I, – I know. He's so cocky, man. Barber wins. He's so cocky, man. And he's, he's quite the texture. Sean Barber's quite the texture and quite cocky as well. And by the way, I heard from Coach Sims, uh, my favorite high school coach, about that story that I just relayed to you because we get a kick out of that. Um, and in, it should have been in every booster that writes checks to Kansas's uh, ringtone, uh, when, what he said. But, all right, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Like, honestly, do you think it's high scoring, low scoring? Cincinnati pees the bed. Mahomes destroys them. Close game. Bengals win. What do you think? So I said this yesterday on the show. I said this game, I think, in the first half and throughout the game will kind of mirror the 2019 AFC title game between the Titans and Chiefs. I think the Bengals are talented enough, well-coached enough, and made enough plays in the first game where they know how to attack the Chiefs. And at halftime, this is a one-possession game, maybe a tie game. It's nip and tuck because the Bengals are good. The Bengals are a year ahead of schedule. In the second half, Playoff experience really comes to the forefront of a title game. The Chiefs have that in bunches. The Bengals don't. I think the Chiefs eventually pull away from the Bengals just because they're the more experienced and the more talented team. I think the Bengals are a threat in the AFC for the next five years because of that talent, but I don't think it's ready for prime time yet. I have the Chiefs 34, the Bengals 21. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Rob, you have a fantastic day in Lawrence. Get your basketball fill and your brewery fill because I know there's going to be some craft beers in your future. And I'll see you tomorrow night. You'll be here as, as part of our postgame team tomorrow. So looking yep, forward to night, buddy. looking forward to having you on the team. Real quick, you're the guy to ask. Lawrence Beer Co. or Fields and Ivy? Man, you're asking me to choose. Uh, yeah, I'm torn between two lovers here, feeling like a fool. Um uh, why do you do this to me, Rob? Um, <laughs> free State's there, and that's never a bad bet because that's old school and the oldest brewery in Kansas. But would you say 23rd or Fields and Ivy? Yep, that's my, that's my question for you. Uh, you know what? I'm on this 23rd Street kick lately. I'd probably do that. And, and no offense uh, to Fields and Ivy because I love that place. I'm just saying that's what I feel like today. Now, how am going to feel tomorrow? Today. <laughs> Thanks for the tip, buddy. All right, Rob, you take care and drive safely. All right. Rob Brenton, one of the many, many Jayhawks we have around here. I don't know how the hell that happened. Nolan, Gold, Rob. I mean, we've got a few of us that are like MIAA guys, you know, like I'm Pitt State. I know you're a Key fan, but you were Northwest Missouri State. Kramer's Northwest Missouri. Dirty Werewolf, Central Missouri. Even Tate Taylor that we bring in here, Central Missouri. You know, we can, MIAA can stand up. I mean, this town is more about the MIAA, man. You see all the license plates of Pitt State, Northwest Missouri State, and Central Missouri. We're proud of it, man. But there's some hawks, man. 
We'll get some Missouri love and stuff like that in case state but there's a lot of Hawks. Coming up next, though, something Steve Young said a couple weeks ago that I absolutely love. Compare that to what the Chiefs are doing next. And welcome back to our Chiefs playoff special. Jay Beakley, Nolan Brooks, Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, to join us between noon and 2. Talked a lot about the, uh, the sentimental things about this game, how much you like it, how much you're excited, Kansas City, about going to this game. Love to hear from you. Love to hear about your excitement level. I would even like to go by the grocery stores because I'm sure they look like a snowstorm is coming type atmosphere at grocery stores. Everybody buying their game day snacks? You want to talk about a just a, a cluster of people Combine game day snacks with a snowstorm. You might as well take an Uber to the store because you ain't parking close. I think the only other time I've seen a comparable thing to a snowstorm in Kansas City or a Chiefs game, an AFC title game on the cusp, or Walmart was worse, or a high or something, was I went to a Dallas Cowboys game when they played the Rams uh, two years ago now. And the Walmart there, there had to be probably 100 people in every line. It was absolutely insane. They were out of beer, out <laughs> of booze, out of hot dogs, burgers, buns, all of it. You name it, it was gone. How can you be out of beer? That's can, a million-dollar question, imagine? isn't it? No, no, but seriously, though. I mean, honestly, it's a... It's a serious question. We all like beer goes good with football. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, you know, you're watching a game, you want, you want your beer. Yeah, it was gone. All of it. Bud would, Light, Budweiser, all of it. Just I would have just gone to a liquor store at that point and say, you know, I'm not waiting in your hour. I would have been pissed waiting in an hour line. But I guess we're getting snow next week, I think. And I, you know, I think the weather people throw a dart to the wall and say, it's going to snow or it's not going to snow. I could be probably just as accurate. I used to do that crap. Where I try to go against the meteorologist. I even had like Gary Amble come in here one time because I, I used to bring weathermen on for for game day reports. Like it was strange how close I was to being as accurate or more accurate than they were. Strange. And I compared weather predictions to sports predictions, except one thing: if we're wrong, no business suffers. <laughs> if they're wrong, the people don't go to the bar or restaurant because they're worried about the snowstorm. Nolan, you were probably in high school at this point, maybe in middle school, something like that. But there's, I don't know how long it was. Guess all these years run together. It was going to be Snowmageddon, right? Like Super Bowl Sunday. Snowmageddon, man. And all the weather people were, you know, getting you ready for the um, the apocalypse, right? The whole week. It was going to snow you in. You need your bread. You need your butter. You need your eggs. You need the survival mode, right? And so these bars and restaurants in, in, in this city, they, they need people. That's where they make their money. I mean, there's certain days out of the year where they bank, man. When it's the, uh, what, Wednesday before, or the uh, week, a couple days before Christmas, everybody goes to bars or the day before Thanksgiving that all you young kids like to go to and Friendsgiving or whatever you call it. And, and it's St. Patrick's Day and all this, but, Super Bowl Sunday, a big day for bars. But nobody went. <laughs> nobody went. Everybody's expecting snowmageddon. So the Chamber of Commerce, they get robbed out of this whole deal. They get robbed out of this whole deal because nobody went. And then later that week, I'll never forget, like what later that week, 
we had like snow. We did have like it was like a ten incher, man. I mean, it was just snow everywhere, and they didn't call for because they were gun shy. I think they were afraid to, you know, stick their neck out about that snowstorm. But what do you think? I mean, think about it now. Think about the Chiefs that have been in this game the last two years. Imagine scaring everybody not to go to a bar or restaurant with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Chain up, four-wheel drive, get there, man. <laughs> Walk if you have to. It'll be like it'll be like a day after tomorrow. Just throw on all the all the coats and the uh, the snow boots and just trek your way. Put a rope around everybody's waist and walk in a group and just stay together tight till you get to the uh, to the bar and then you can warm up from there with the beer. Yeah, I'm just curious how that would go. But yeah, if it's a snowstorm too, it's going to be double double the trouble um, for that. But again, what are you what are you doing for the game days? One thing I like about the Chiefs continuing to matriculate to borrow a term from the great Hank Stram in these playoffs is it's like a bunch of different holidays for us, man. You know, you get your you get your Christmas, your Fourth of July, your Thanksgiving, your gathering days, the friends, family, whatever it is. It's what are you doing for the Chiefs game? Like, what are you doing for the Chiefs game? You know, you want to come over. It's become what we do. And the way the weather is, you fire up the grill or whatever. But it's been about football. And what makes me sad is there's two games tomorrow. Two. I love the divisional weekend last weekend with the four games, two and two. And that was the, probably the best week of watching NFL football that I can ever remember as far as these games being all walk-offs down to the wire. Crazy weekend. But I'm a glutton for punishment. I even like the divisional round. And I know everybody doesn't like the 2-7 the matchup. I do because it's more football. And evidently, over 30 million Americans per one of those games like watching even blowouts. It makes money. And by the way, if 30 million people are watching it, they're going to keep doing it. Why? Think sell advertising on that. But it, it upsets will happen, you know. Look at the Niners. They're the sixth seed. I mean, they're dangerously close from being that seventh seed. And seventh seed can't knock off two seeds, even though Indy almost did it last year with Buffalo. But it's going to happen. I mean, we act like this is like the 116. We act like this is like Norfolk State, you know, versus, versus Missouri. We're acting like this is a 116 matchup. But though it's going to be like 215, 314, you're going to see 7-2 matchups. And one thing I never understood Nolan, is this has been the year with upsets in the NFL. I mean, this truly has been any given Sunday. You've seen the Titans lose to the Texans. You saw the Jets beat people. You saw the Jags beat the Buffalo Bills. We saw some crazy games in the NFL this year. So if you don't think a 7-2 can win, <laughs> you might rethink it because we're not talking about an FCS game versus an FBS game. We're talking about two teams full of millionaires that are the elite athletes in the world, and that's NFL players that can stand up and beat each other. We are going to see seven knockoff two. Well, yeah, and a 7-2 matchup really just, you almost don't look at it as a disadvantage for the seven seed anymore. And most of the time, people want the seven seed to go knock off the two. I mean, everyone wanted to see the Titans go down. They, they did not want to see the Titans go on and play the Chiefs or whoever at some point, and it happened. You know, the one seed went down, and so this is just the reality nowadays. You get the lower seeds that come in, ride in hot streaks, and they come in, they beat you, and they send you home early, and, I mean, that just makes for fun football, in my opinion. Absolutely fun football. Coming up next, though, we'll go to Las Vegas. 
Talk to my guy, Arthur DeCesar. He's head of the uh, Westgate Superbook out there. Because I'm curious about some of these prop bets. Because this is part of the fun as well. Last week, we were very good on these. Like both quarterbacks hitting the over in the rushing. We'll talk to Arthur from Vegas next. Chiefs playoff special right now. Jay Binkley, Nolan Brooks, and a special guest. Well, it's been a guest that's been on uh, more and more with me lately. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, because of our uh, nice little partnership we got going with you guys. What's up, Ron? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on again. Big time to... Yeah, yeah, it's a big time. It's a big time to have me on, man. AFC Championship. I mean, uh, you know, fourth one straight in in Chiefs Kingdom. I can't believe we're still here. We're at this p- moment where, you know, I grew up, man. I was I was watching, you know, uh, Herm Edwards and, and Todd Haley when I was growing up. I know you guys are a little older, so you, you play to win the game. <laughs> and the, hi- <clears throat> the highlight of those years were, yeah, we just made the playoffs, right? And now it's the expectation is AFC Championship every year. It's still it's still kind of mind boggling that we're at this point, Jay. I'm wondering what kids are doing these days because, I mean, if you're in that, you know, impressionable age group, like 12 and 13 years old, and even maybe a little bit older, 15, 16 or something, because really going back to 2014, when the Royals made the World Series, the next year they win it, and then the Chiefs win it in 2019. Poetic. And it's just like they always win. I mean, they're growing up going, hey, this, this city always wins. No, yeah, I was in that group. I mean, that's me in high school, man. <laughs> but that, it's just not the way it's, it was. Right. I mean, and the thing is, Kansas City was always a great sports town. I mean, when the Super Bowl was on, of course, we weren't in it. We had team people in Kansas City to find their team to watch every year. It seemed like we watched the Patriots almost every year rooting against them. But there was those years where you just didn't make it. You weren't part of the club. You're on the outside of the restaurant looking in. You know, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams between Arrowhead and Kaufman. It's the way it was. You know, you go 85 till 2015 for the Royals and Chiefs from 1970 when they won in the Super Bowl to, you know, 2019. That's some serious years, man. We just had the 50th anniversary of the 65 Toss Power Trap with uh, Mike Garrett. I mean, it was some lean years for the Chiefs and, you know, 20 years without even winning a playoff game. But imagine being a kid now. Like, when I was a kid, I saw a lot of kids, you know, throwing Yankees hats. Or they throw on somebody else or cowboy shirts or whatever because they were winning and our teams weren't, and that's the direction that they went. But to be honest with you, when you suck so bad for so long, when you finally win, it feels better, man. Of course. It's like when you're a kid, your dad gives you money, your mom gives you money. It's not as fun. It's more fun to go buy it yourself because then you value it more. Yeah. Like if you go through the hard times, Go to you'll you'll enjoy the good times even more. Exactly. No, I I appreciated them, man. Like I said, where, when I grew up, yeah, it was it was you ex, you expected them to barely make the playoffs, if that, or you know, not even to be even close at, at times. And and now, yeah, with Mahomes, I mean, Andy Reid, I mean, he's been a godsend for this organization. I mean, I you know, imagine if they went any other way with that hire in 2013, like what happens at that point? Um, so yeah, man, it is an exciting time and. You were mentioning it. You were talking about it earlier before I joined about how, like, the community, you know, how everyone's kind of hyped up. It is kind of funny, though. Uh, I mean, if I don't know how you feel, Jay, but 
after that Bills win, that kind of felt just like such like a high, right? And and I don't know, man. I just feel like this does not have the same feel to it, even though it's a higher stakes game, right? There's more on the line for this game than there was last week. But man, that really that that it's going to be hard to replicate that energy that high from last week. Uh, and that could be a problem with the team. I hope that's just us talking and not that right. Exactly. I hope they got that because you know, hear Mahomes after the game and he was like, "Hey, everybody, show up to work. We got to get." Right. It's one thing I've always liked, but they don't look. They don't take anybody for granted. I I honestly don't think so. And, and it's, they got a wake up call. Now, had they gone and beat the Bengals forty two to three in week seventeen, I'd be more concerned than I am now. Yeah, they lost to the Bengals. Terribly officiated game. They had that touchdown called back by Byron Pringle. But had the Chiefs won that game handily, I might have a little been a little bit more concerned. Yeah, like well, you know, they beat this team. They know they can beat this team. They, now they get them at Arrowhead Stadium in there. But by beating Kansas City, the Chiefs know they can beat them. Yeah, they set because them, they beat them. I mean, I think this kind of helps the Chiefs even more. Yeah, no, they set themselves up all year for the, for the revenge factor. The entire AFC playoffs. You mentioned it earlier, just how many how many times they've lost these AFC teams they're playing, and the Bengals are just the latest one. And and so yeah, I think I think it's they don't need to uh, you know uh, manufacture motivation. Uh, they have it right. They don't want to lose to a team twice, a team that is up and coming. You know, if, if the Bengals are to win tomorrow, I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk about Burrow being, you know, better than Mahomes, all, even though there's already been some talk, as you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. So, no, but I, I do think there's the, the Chiefs understand there's still a lot on the line. I, I think as fans, we have a certain feeling, but this team's so professional, so organized. Andy Reid's going to get them going, man. I'm going to start doing the x Slacks uh, picker of the week. Seriously, I would love x Slacks to sponsor this. I don't know anybody that works for x Slacks. Me neither. Have you ever taken it? No. <laughs> Nolan, you ever taken X Lax? No. Don't be shy. I, Sometimes I, the person's got it. You got to, yeah. All right. Eat a lot of cheese, you might have to substitute some egg. But anyway, you know what X Lax is for? It's to, it's to help you go number two. I, I don't want to be too gross on the radio here. But my X Lax of the Week award goes to the person so full of crap they would disappear if I sent them X Lax. Because Adam Rank is would definitely be this week's exit. The week before would be Dan Orlovsky, who said if the Bills play their A game, the Chiefs play their A game, the Bills win. It's like, here's the thing, though. Like, I understand, like, if if Josh Allen, like, had a Super Bowl already under his belt and he'd already been an MVP, okay, you make that prediction, that's your choice. You think Allen's better than Mahomes. You think Mahomes better than Allen. Or like Joe Burrow. Listen, he's the first quarterback drafted number one overall that's been in a title game within the first two years. Impressive. But it hadn't done anything yet. Yes. You know, in my world, in the Shelby State, you got to do something before. It's just like it's like all year we heard about Herbert, and that's where the AFC West goes through, and Brian Greasy was bloviated on and on. It's like, I, I just don't see how you can say you're not going Mahomes. Because given the, given the two, because I'm really curious, I'm really curious. I know what people say and that crap that comes out of their mouth, but I'm curious if they had to put money on it. I'm curious if they had $10,000 on the line, they go on Mahomes or Burrow. In all honesty, who's going to have the better game? Where would they, would you put your money where your mouth is? That's the ultimate. Because you can say whatever you want, but you put your money where your mouth is, things change. Yeah, they would go Mahomes, right? Now, the way I think they justify it uh, with Burrow being such a young quarterback is that he had such success in college, right? We saw him will a team to a national championship um, pretty much. They had a lot of talent around him, right, and, and a good coach. But Oh, you mean like 14 draft picks and yeah. Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Jamar Chase? 
But Lloyd Cushenberry, the starting center, and running Clyde. through the SEC like that though is still very impressive. And the way he was able to do it as not you know a transfer guy, right? He wasn't this you know he wasn't a guy that was there for a he's, long time. He's, so. he's only one year younger than Mahomes. That is crazy. That is crazy. But I think people justify the the you know being high on Burrow, maybe even over Mahomes, by saying that oh yeah, just because he hasn't done it at the NFL level, we've seen him do it at the highest level of college football. He's well, a winner, man. I can say exactly. He's but, a winner. But there's nothing like. I mean, it's just proof in the pudding, man. Mahomes is in his fourth straight home AFC championship. That means he takes care of it in the regular season as well as in the postseason. I mean, that's all you need to know about what, where Mahomes is at. But the one thing about it is, it's like, yeah. I mean, even I heard Mahomes talking about this week. You know, he was talking about he and Joe Burrow weren't real highly recruited guys. You know, three stars, four stars yeah. in some recruiting services, uh, but they weren't hot commodities. Let's put it that way. We weren't hot commodities. By the way, Patrick Mahomes' birthday, September 17th, 1995. So he's uh, 26. Joe's is December 10th, 1996. Oh, wow. It's about as close to one year as you could be. Yeah. no. One's got a Super Bowl, been to two. One's been an MVP, and one hasn't. Yeah, and that's the thing you you mentioned how like it's 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 fun to like or you know it's nice to go through the struggles before you get to success. Every team has that. I mean, the Chiefs were you know had the MVP of the league in 2018 and were the most explosive offense there is and didn't go all the way to the Super Bowl because it, you just have to go through those things. Tom Brady still topped them and they had to kind of get over that. And and Burrow's going to have to go through the same things. It's, it's not going to be as easy as in your first full year starting. You're going to the Super Bowl. It's just that's hard, man. Something he said. I'm going to bring it up. Talk about AFC quarterbacks. And how good he's got to be to continue to get this point. Same thing with Holmes, same thing with everything with these quarterbacks in the AFC. We'll talk about that next with Ron Cup. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 